no. I guess you have the Tim Anderson bobblehead and the Jose Abreu. I think bobblehead. And I was and you were yeah. And I was but, formerly sitting in my White Sox lawn chair. I have to look at Willie Mays. Basket catch. Basket catch, over your shoulder this okay. entire time, because my, I don't want to look at your face. My. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's a problem that you have to figure. Out. Um, my wife is a diehard Giants fan. It's not my fault that she's. I have to share this abode with someone. I mean, you don't have to share an abode with anybody. Yes, I don't have to live with my wife technically, but I would like to live with my wife. That's good. I I want that. We're not cutting that out. I want that. that reminds on. that reminds me. She does that. listen. <laughs> no free ads though. <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> We are sponsored by Mark Walters Media. <laughs> <laughs> I, I brought up when we were at the game that it's... Oh, so one thing that we have not brought up in a very, very long time, Tom. Yeah. Is that we're still big fans of a certain liquid Ooh, on this podcast. We and are. we have not talked about that in a very long time. First off, yes. I've been unloyal. When was the last time that you have had a shot of Jepson's Malort? It's been at least a month for me. At least a month? Yeah. Okay. At, at least. Maybe maybe two. Oh, my God. Who am I? I think it's been a solid two months for me. It was. I haven't had one since I've been back to the States, and I don't think I had one in, like until like I got done with school. So it was, it's been like almost two months. Did you bring a bottle? Did I bring a bottle of to Jepson's Europe? finest Swedish liqueur? I did not. <sighs> That's okay. I did not. I would take a shot right now. I, w- I would take a shot as well. That's how much we're missing Jepson's Malort right now. So, to Jepson's Malort, cheers. With our coffee. We miss you, and we are definitely going to be next podcast recording. I'm going to get us. Yeah, we'll need I- a bottle. I'm going to get those small bottles. Did Ooh, you see that? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have yeah. The, the small bottles mm-hmm. now. It's like six-pack shooters. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. That's what we need more of. Absolutely. Okay. Jepson's, please sponsor us. Coming to you live from a less than shanty Northside apartment, it's the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your host, Drunk Shy Sox fan, and Hot Take Tommy. We are bringing you today our takes on why the White Sox have sucked out of the All-Star break, who on the coaching staff should move to greener pastures, what it would take for the White Sox to compete now, and a recurring segment is brought back. All brought to you by Mark Mark Walters Walters Media. We are in Philadelphia. The White Sox are in Philadelphia right now. White Sox are in Philadelphia. We are not in Philadelphia. We are not. We're sitting in your Lakeview apartment. So last night, you were working at Lou's. I was. And you missed out on the marathon game. Yes. The only play I saw. The only play you saw. Was (laughs) highlighted by Nick Capra (laughs) trying to send Jose Abreu on. I literally, I saw the bloop single. I was like. Ah, shoot, it's too bad it can't get Abreu in on that sh- short bloop single. And then Nick Capra said, send him home, baby. <laughs> I, the worst decision. And it was the kidding only it. play I saw. I mean, you maybe will, would not expect. I mean, I don't even think Nick Capra put one and one together to think that there was a pitcher out in left field that would be making that throw. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe if that crossed his mind, he was like, oh, yeah, we'll test the pitcher. And his I, think arm Nick on Cop- his long I think Nick Capra wanted to go to bed. And he just like threw his arms in the air, praying that there would be a bad throw. Yeah, which instead let's just did. extend that thing to fifteen innings. Yeah. So, first off, though, Philly brings in their center fielder. Yes. To pitch, two covered innings? covered Three in infield dirt. Absolutely, which is hilarious to me. It, just wild. Yeah. Um, and they put Velasquez, the pitcher, out in left in field. In left field. Um, made some amazing plays. He I did. Was completely there blown was away by three. It. Oh well, almost three. There was that amazing diving catch, that throw out of Abreu, and he almost got Leary. So I don't know if you saw the stat, but so basically, stat casts MLB they do like star catches, like four yeah, star catch, five right. star catch. That was the only five star catch so far this year by a Phillies outfielder this year. That's 
Hilarious. Isn't that wild? I love that. So <laughs> Vince Velasquez has the only five-star catch of a Phillies outfielder this year. And uh, outfield assist. That being said, though, the White Sox did not deserve to win that game. No. Not one bit. The fact that a two-strike hit by Matt Skull, you know, little Skull. There we go. I'm glad you're on it. I'm glad you're on it now. Matt Skull. I, I said this from day one. Way better choice to have up from AAA than A.J. Reed. Yep. Like, the fact that they signed A.J. Reed, didn't even test him out in AAA, had him up for 20 games, played most of a large majority of those games. Yeah. And we had Matt Skull sitting and doing, you know, and he Matt was quote-unquote slumping, I guess, in Charlotte, and that was a 370 OBP. Here's, here's my thing about... You and your love affair with Matt Skull. I think it has a lot to do with your road trip to Birmingham. Birmingham well, that was, and yeah, I did all of the and Charlotte. Charlotte and Winston-Salem, and yeah. Winston, I think that has to do with it. And Matt Skull had a good game when you were in Charlotte. I think he did have... I think he may have went like two for four that game, yeah. So I I just want to put out there, there is a Matt Skull bias on the other side of this table. Maybe. But it, well, it's in comparison true. to AJ Reed. AJ right? Reed shouldn't have been in the picture. If we were pulling up a first baseman, it should have been Matt Skull. And that's that's just a fact. But in regards to the AJ Reed thing, I do want like before I end any talk before we finish up all talk on AJ Reed, because yeah. he's gonna be history, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah. Um barring some miracle in AAA. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a part of this rebuild in any way, no. shape, and form. It's nice that he replaces uh, Matt Skull in the Charlotte lineup. That's very nice. Right. <laughs> um, so Matt Skull's, uh, this was when they signed A.J. Reed and then made the announcement that he was going to be up in the majors. Matt Skull's slash line in AAA was 260, 386, 534. A.J. Reed's slash line in AAA up to that point that year was 224, 329, 496. So there's 70-point difference in slugging percentage and a 60-point, about 60-point difference in OBP. Dear God. That's insane. Why would they even think? I know that Charlotte's a hitter's park, but nonetheless. No, they just, I I really think it was um, Rick Hahn wanting to pull a rabbit out of a hat, and he thought he did and wanted to stick with it. So uh, that I I just genuinely think Rick Hahn's out here saying like I did it again. Watch, look at what I did, and it's just not panning out at all. Right. Although everybody's going getting down on us um, for not making moves in in the uh, the trade deadline. Fair. We should have made bigger moves, but he literally gave away a dead body for and got two like prospects for it. Yeah. I have no jumps, idea how sure. he did that. That, I mean, the international pool money is the biggest piece of that. That's fair. Um, Texas signed some 18-year-old phenom. There you go. Um, that they needed the money for. Um, they didn't have it initially. So now they, with that deal, they that got them to where they needed to be, I guess. Um, and we'll talk trade deadline in a second, but I do want to stay focused on yes. the White Sox now. Yes. Okay? Let's. So first off, one more comment about the Phillies. And I, I made this tweet yesterday. Um, during the game, and people people reacted to it pretty well. But the tweet was, Yomer and Cordell can't even make solid contact against a center fielder that is pitching. Yep. Hashtag riot for Robert. So mm-hmm. that is my new hashtag right now. Robert. I'm going like to be that. tweeting that every time Cordell is sucking, the next time Adam Engel can't hit the broadside of a barn door, the next time I see somebody that can't hit playing DH, it's yep. hashtag right for Robert at yep. this point. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, Yolmer and Cordell not being able to hit their way out of a paper bag? Um, Yolmer had a hot streak while everybody else was sucking the, like, first week he out a, of all And he had break. a triple, actually, last night, too, and we could I mean, he was, he was 0 for 5 before that, though. Right. So, like, yes, you got a triple, over five? Upon review. Like over four. I okay, think. whatever. But, yeah. Even, even still, though, it's like you went over and then over, got a triple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yomer gets a triple out of mm-hmm. it. Okay? Mm-hmm. We couldn't plate him. Yeah. We couldn't get him home with zero outs and a runner at third. Yeah. And I think. Those are the most frustrating 
fucking things. And I think one thing to kind of discuss here too, and this leads to a discussion topic that I want to bring up is, are we as concerned as hitting right now as we are about pitching? Because I know one thing that we that I talked about at the deadline is the Sox need a starter. The Sox yep. need a starter. Yep. I made a blog about it. Yep. Gave the White Sox four options, two pricey options, two not so pricey right, options. Right. Yeah. Um, and right now, I mean, we're looking at it right now. Yes, the White Sox. Up until yesterday, this was before yesterday's Friday's game against the Phillies. Five point three runs given up per game. That includes blowouts. So, yes, that's extremely high. That would yeah. rank them, I think, third or fourth worst in the MLB. Right. Up, like, if you compared it to yearly stats. But then they were giving – or so that includes blowouts, though. So that 11-1 to 1 game against Minnesota. Right. That 14-2 game in Oakland. Really uh, There was a game that they got blown out in Kansas City, too. Yep. Where they didn't score any runs. And something to think about, too, is that the offense, though. The offense up until yesterday, which now it's probably hovering closer to three now, less than three runs. It was 2.75 runs per game since the break. Are we worried as much as hitting now as we are about pitching? I Help is on the way for hitting. Okay. In Robert, in Zach Collins, in Madrigal even, you know, these guys can hit. If, if not, they can put contact on the ball, right? Proven. But, and then the bats that don't produce are taken out of the lineup. And as soon as you put in better bats, like if you're a more well-rounded batting order, everybody's getting better pitches to hit, right? Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. It, that's what protecting somebody in the lineup is. Absolutely. So and I'm, that, that reminds me totally of, of like, look at Jordan Alvarez in uh, Houston right now. Yeah. Rookie, yes, he was a top prospect. Yeah. Yes, there was a lot of hype surrounding Jordan Alvarez, but he is freaking raking right yes, now in Houston. He is. And that's he, what happens when you pad a lineup with veterans that can actually hit the ball. Yes. that's And I think that's exactly going to be the case when we get these guys up here. Um, they're going to get, like, people who can actually hit in our lineup will succeed, I think. You know, we've had pretty juicy three to seven lineups recently, you know, between, um, what is it, Abreu, Aloy, Anderson, uh, McCann, um, Leary, you know, like these guys can hit. It's just a matter of like the bottom two, three weighing us down. You think that's it though? I don't because think if it was just the bottom two. I mean, I don't think that's it, but I think when a, a slump is contagious, right? For sure. And I think that's what's happening right now. And a part of that, and the is the coaching staff, right? Oh, absolutely. And we'll get there, but I think that's where our real issues lie in the hitting department. It's the fact that we're missing a guys who are going to be there long term that are still in the minors, and we're missing um, a quality hitting coach to get us out of this slump. Right. And pitching is like the five spot is a joke still. So that oh, yeah. that's still Pitching's my another, that's still my top priority. Sure. Like if we're comparing the two, what do we need more? I'm still going to say starting pitching. Okay. So what if I told you that since the going into yesterday since the All-Star break, the White Sox were last in runs, home runs, total bases, RBI and OBP and ranked 28th out of 30 in average and walks um oh as well as second to last behind detroit with runners in scoring position i would say we're in a rebuild you blame that on a rebuild that's it i mean you have enough do you think that there's enough talent you're telling me there's not enough talent on this team where we could be ranked higher than 30th in runs home runs total bases rbi and obp yeah no that red flags yet uh, red flags just in the same in the same thing that I was saying before, it's a slump and it's a contagious slump. We need to get out of it by getting. And they've been in the bottom third of every offensive category since this season started, though. And that's where I would that's where I would follow up with what I just said. It's it's a rebuild. We had injured pieces. Okay. So I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be like the most positive guy in the room, but I'm also trying to be like, look, it's not necessarily the fact that these guys can't hit. You know what I mean? It's, there's more at play here. Okay. 
So if it's a rebuild, I understand that. What about the coaching staff? I've talked to there's numerous times on Twitter so now about old. Todd Steverson getting fired. I, if you ask me, he should have been gone with Ventura. Yep. Do you clean house starting with him? Do you clean house elsewhere? If you're Rick Hahn, what do you do with the coaching staff? Still uh, need to say goodbye to Don Cooper. Like, that's that's top of my list. Don you know Cooper I mean? is at the top of your list. Don Todd Cooper Steverson right now. is at the top of my list. And I think you have a lot of recency bias going into wanting to fire Todd Steverson because the dude, like, we have been struggling on the offensive side of things big time after the All-Star break. Okay. But I also think, let's be real, Don Cooper is the one we have real beef with. He's been here way too long. Oh, yeah, for And he's sure. just not effective. So... As much crap as I give Don Cooper, I do have to say this. There are not starters. There are bullpen guys who he patches up. I don't understand how. Aaron Bummer. Aaron Bummer was the butt to every fucking joke that I had last year. That's true. And Aaron Bummer has been, at this point now, the most reliable reliever that the White Sox have had this year. Alex Colome was a little bit above average reliever. Yeah. Most of this year, he's been elite. That's true. Evan Marshall. Where did Evan Marshall come out of? Nowhere, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> no idea whatsoever, right? Jace Fry, still patchy, but considering his like really hot start then completely hitting rock bottom last year he's evened out a little yes. bit yeah don cooper deserves a little bit of credit for the bullpen and you got to look at the talent he's been being given he's given a spoon in a knife fight right so <laughs> todd steverson do you want don't get me wrong i think cooper cooper's time might be coming it probably is is here uh, it's, it's here it's here but Todd Steverson tops the list for me. Really? Yes. Tops okay. the list by far. The fact that I give you, I've given you these offensive numbers since the break. Right. Those aren't just red flag. Uh, th- 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 those are huge points of concern for this team. I. It's an issue, and when you look at the Mets series, especially. Yeah. The offense was non-existent, and I get it. Oh, they it was, faced Syndergaard. They faced Degrom. They faced Wheeler. Yeah. Three solid, top-notch starters. But that's what happens when you face elite pitching, and you don't have – your team lacks plate discipline. Yeah. This team lacks plate discipline. I, It's alarming when I see T.A. go up there and swing first pick strike and pop it out to center field. Or when I see yeah. somebody go down on three or four pitches when – at least two of them were out of the zone. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. It does It does really get frustrating when you see, like, two, three pitch at-bats, and then on the other side of things, we have, like, 15, 16 pitch at-bats from, from the other side of the ball, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. what it gets really frustrating when it just feels like the other team's up to bat for forever and the Sox are out immediately. That I hate. Um, but even still... When, it talk, when you talk about plate discipline, it's, a lot of it is um, lead by example, right? And one of the best plate discipline guys we have is Mankata on the bench. Right. So I think a lot of it has to do with that, and too. And he's young, too. And this, is, this goes back, to to why I think hitting is a huge concern for this team, is that you don't have veteran presence. Your veteran presence, when it comes to hitting right now, is Jose Abreu, Jose Abreu and John Jay. And they're two not very disciplined batters. <laughs> you have John Jay, who's a slap hitter, and you've got Jose Abreu, who I don't know what's been going on the past month plus, but he's been swinging every breaking ball. And I really think that the offense, I wasn't thinking this until the last now three, four weeks, but the offense has become your major, greatest concern. My greatest concern for this team. Um, yes, they still need. Honestly, they should have, and we'll get to this next, but trade deadline, they probably should have made a move. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, right now, 
Scooter Jeanette was for sale. There's only, there's only, that is true. There's only so much that Luis Robert is going to contribute, true. especially as a rookie. Yep. Um, look at what Moncada and Inouye did. Moncada did and Inouye is doing in their rookie years. They're struggling. There's yep. a struggle. There's yep. a gap. Yep. Between years one, between minor leagues and year one. Um, as well as the fact that yeah, you just don't have enough guys right now in the lineup that are going to support your young guys. It's true. More veteran presence is needed. Who thinks? Who thought we would be saying that? Yeah, for the White Sox. Absolutely. <laughs> is Ken Griffey Jr. still a free agent? <laughs> Outlet for Chicago's hottest up-and-coming hip-hop talent to express themselves visually with a professional edge. Whether you're looking to film your newest track or trying to find the hottest new talent, Mark Walters Media brings a unique cinematic feel to your music the way that you want to see it happen. To explore the work, follow Mark Walters Media on Instagram and Twitter or visit markwaltersmedia.com. What the hell is the White Sox starting rotation? I mean, it's okay, and I say okay in the top three with Giolito, Ronaldo, Nova, right? Just that's okay. Wait, who? That Giolito, Ronaldo, Nova, Ronaldo, Nova. Okay. I'm I'm flipping from last name, first name, last name. There you go. <laughs> um, so Giolito, Nova, and Lopez. Right. That's that's a decent. End of the rotation. I feel like that's a good three, four, five. That's not a good one, two, three. You mean even for the future? Or you mean like at this moment, like 2019? Not like 2020. What I'm saying is if you have a competitive ball club, Giolito, Nova, Lopez, that's a decent third, fourth, fifth starter. In 2019, for sure. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I no, I'm saying like in general... Like, if you were looking to field a competitive ball club, those guys would work as your third starter, fourth starter, and fifth starter. What the problem is, is that's our one, two, and three. Correct. And we're missing as we've seen, elite Gili- top one Gili- and Gilito has shown elite stuff this year. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, Jinx. I, I'm not going to be... <laughs> I'm not going to say... Here's the deal. And... I don't know if he's going to be the ace of the future for the Chicago White Sox. I'm hoping it's Michael Kopech. Right. Um, but with that being said, uh, if he show if Giolito shows what he has, then yeah, he could be a really solid too. Yes, he really, really very could. good. Too. If this is who he is, this is this is great. So sign at up. his best for right. sure. And he looks like he had a slump, and he came back out of it this past start. Based on what I saw, I mean, we'll yeah. see. I mean, right? the Mets offense is not great, but I mean, he went yeah, gave sometimes, up three hits over seven innings. But sometimes an ace needs to just roll over a bad team to get back on track. It's also you know, true. This is this is what, and that's the same thing with bats too. Sometimes you need to just go up against a really bad team, get those bats hot, and then you you end up crushing the Astros next time you see them. You know, it just right. it, that's the way it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but. As far as specifically the five spot has been just a revolving door that, God, I want to just jump off a cliff when I see names like Detweiler yep. pop up. It's like, what are we doing here? We're not saving anybody, any time, games, anything like that by rolling out just the worst guys in the MLB and saying that's okay. We have a good bullpen. Eh. We have a, we have a, we have a good bullpen. We have a good bullpen. When, actually, it's really funny. They do really well in high leverage situations, and they do very poorly in low leverage situations. Which is fair. Like adrenaline is at play there. But what I was getting at is, we have a good enough bullpen that we could use openers. We could do that. Yeah. We're just not. We're just throwing away every fifth game. We're just 
doesn't yep. it di- apparently it doesn't started, matter. Started with Irvin Santana this year. We've got worthwhile experiment. Worthwhile experiment in my book. Like Man, he I mean, has proven like, success. He had an injury, and we were trying to. Any get guy him. that's grooving ninety over the middle of the plate is just right. It was it it was an experiment that failed. But I think on a rebuilding team, like bring back some guy and see if you can flip at the, at the deadline. Like, Not Irvin a bad Santana, idea. Santana, Odorisa Mardispanier, Dylan Covey. Bad, bad, Ross, bad, bad, bad. Russ Detweiler, the the whole Not nine good. yards here. I, it makes me wonder if this organization even wants to win. Yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of it is. I think there's two things. They think it's okay to lose at this point in the rebuild still, which I we've voiced like it's time to win yesterday, right? Yep. Um and. Not just because we're impatient. Like, it's it's time to start putting a winning culture back into the ball. Absolutely. How are you supposed to convince a veteran to, to sign your us. team? To sign your team if you're okay with sucking. Yeah. If you're okay with being a 90-loss, at least 90-loss team yeah. in year three of the year, if year three of a rebuild. Nobody wants to be a part of that. Yeah. So it's not enticing at all. Then um, the second thing, so there's that, that they just don't care, right? Mm -hmm. The second thing that I think is they're just stuck in their ways. They're just old-fashioned baseball wannabes, right? They want to have a starter go eight innings and just close it out with one, like, a closer. Like, every if they can do that every game, you know they would. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just not how baseball is played anymore. Nope. And I, like, hey, don't get me wrong. I like a good long start. I'm, like, I want to see guys go, like, Nova's complete game. I was like, cool, let's you do that again. You about Nova's complete game. I, that was awesome. I thought it was great. And I mean, like, a, a, most of it is because, like, he's doing exactly what we need him to do. He literally ate a full game for us. That was yep. amazing. But um, just... That's not how we play baseball anymore. No. Like, winning baseball clubs use the last four innings all bullpen. All bullpen. And teams like the Rays say, all right, well, screw it. Teams like the Brewers say, screw it. Let's just use our bullpen because they're way better than any of our starters. We don't have good starters in the back half of the rotation. We need to use that system. It's out there, like, we could do it tomorrow, yeah, and we'd be fine. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too. I mean, like, yes, with the Brewers, it's definitely because the bullpen is way better than their starters, but even looking at a situation like Tampa Bay, you've had starters that have gotten injured. Yeah. You had Glass now get injured. You had mm-hmm. Blake Snell get injured. And what do they do? I, they don't have the minor league depth or players that they think are ready, a.k.a. look at the White Sox right now. They have players that they don't think are ready exactly. uh, to be called up, which is fine. They called up the guy now <laughs> that they think is ready in Dylan Cease, and they're giving it a shot, and yeah. I appreciate that finally. Right. Um, but now injuries. Factor in injuries. Okay, Carlos Rodon is down. Okay, yeah, that put a damper in your – in your plan. Now, what do you do instead? Adjust. Create a bullpen day. Like, yes. your guys are set up to do that. It's fine. Especially if you you have the plan of guys like Ivan Nova eating innings. If yeah. you're going to keep him in maybe an inning longer than you feel comfortable more comfortable with, with yeah. um, then you have the extra bullpen innings that you can use. I agree. That would be great for right now. So, in and regards, that's not a long-term solution. Right, and that's exactly what I was just about to ask you. So in regards to a long-term solution, Tom, and this is the reason why I came out with that blog about why the White Sox should have been buyers at the deadline. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get out of free agency. So what do you think should be the White Sox long-term plan now, considering they weren't buyers at the deadline? You know what? Um, I still think that they should have sold more. Wow. Still. I still think that they should have sold more. Who would have they sold? Bullpen pieces. You know. So, name them. Bummer. Um, so, you would have gotten rid of um, Bummer, Marshall. You would have kept Kalame. Kalame is under control for next year, too. Uh, I mean, Bummer is under control for another four years. Yeah, but Kalame is Kalame, dude. Even though Bummer's been better. One blown save 
in 24 opportunities. Yes, but he's also given up the one tie situations. Blown won't save, save. Won't save means that you had the lead, right? You have to I, think about this. Here's, what, is a, what, is a closer, what is a closer supposed to do? Save the game. He's done it every single time we've asked him to do it, except for one time. Or keep a, a tie game. That's another thing that a closer should be able to do, is keep a tie game. And he's done. He's not been able to do that now, I think, three times this year. So with that being said, Tom, okay, I get your argument about Colin wanting to keep Colin. Colin is the goods. Another Argue one. with me all you want. More I want to keep him. In regards to longevity of being good, he's had more history of having solid years yes, than he, Aaron Bummer. For he sure. is going to be a guy that for will sure. be good next year, too. What do you think they would have gotten, though, for Bummer or for Package Marshall? him, ship him out. You can get a, like... Um, minor league bat that is hot, you know? Um, so you, now you're just building more and more for, I mean, w- what about this win now, or start to win now? Not even just win now, but start to get some wins now mentality that my, I've been talking about. The thing that I, I think is it's it's more of a um, organizational thing. Like, you can sell pieces and then still put a winning culture in by not starting fucking Ross Detweiler, right? Yeah. Like, you can do a bullpen day instead because that's been proven to work. And you can not, like, throw Dylan Covey out there who can't get a single out, you know? Like, those are decisions that are teams that don't care about winning. You can still sell and get a piece, you know, try and um, maneuver in some way to get somebody on... But if they would have given up Bummer and Marshall, they would have been giving up, what, their second and third best bullpen guys? Yeah. Then what do you do about this bullpen bullpen day situation? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, in regards to that, that's why I was in a buy now mentality. Why aren't the White Sox, I mean, are they really putting all their (sighs) marbles in the basket here for a Garrett Cole? I Do you think that the White Sox will actually do that? No. I well, I think they will. But they won't convert. Right. Exactly. We'll get Machado, we'll get Harbor, right? They, th- nobody wants to come here. Nobody wants to go play on the south side. And that's, like, as sad as that is, it's true. People can see that it's a team on the uptick, like, um, from more wins, better players on the south side, to literally more people watching the games in the stands. Yeah. It's or all even on TV, 42% uh, yeah. more viewership this year on TV this year. So it's it's huge. Like, like, don't get me wrong, like, players see that, but the elite players still want to play in New York and L.A., right? Like, they don't... And Houston now, I guess, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Winning culture. Winning culture and actually a huge fan base. Um, and so an owner that actually spends money. Yep, yep, it's real. I mean... They're going to have to open up a pocketbook. They will. I've said this from about a year ago now, that the White Sox are going to have to open up the pocketbook if they want this rebuild to be successful. Well, we're beating a dead horse. Every single prospect. I've said this, and I said this in the blog, and I've said this on this podcast so many times. You can't expect every single prospect to to turn out to be good as gold. Yeah. Another thing that I thought we should have sold and I was on record saying this, is Ryan Goins. Here we go. He was hot. He's still hot. Um, starting, to starting to cool off. Cool That's off fair. That's big fair. time now. But he's 31. He doesn't have a place in, in our lineup next year. We could have gotten something. People were looking for middle infielders. Scooter Jeanette got sold. Mm-hmm. You know, Like if somebody's looking for Eric Sogard, if somebody's looking for Scooter Jeanette, why couldn't we have flipped Ryan Goins? The price would have been a lot lower for sure. I mean, Scooter Jeanette was an all-star last year. Right. But just last year, he was an yes, all-star. Yes, yes, I understand this. But we flip him for a low price, that's fine. That's a win. 54 plate appearances. OBP is actually almost four. That's wild to me that his OBP is I'm telling you, he's hot. Why don't you listen? (laughs) No, for sure. He's hot, for sure. I don't think we give MLB front offices or their, you know, their talent recruiters, their scouting, you know, teams enough credit in looking at somebody like 
Ryan Goins and being like, yeah, he only has – now he has 54 plate appearances. When it was trade deadline time, he was – What? 40 maybe. Yes. Yeah. So – not even 40. So thinking about that, teams were probably like, yeah, we want somebody that has actually seen a lot more plate appearances this year um, or has all-star pedigree over the, the two years prior, like Scooter Jeanette. Um, with that being said, too, like that's, I think, another reason why teams were shying away from Alex Colome is when you look at the advanced statistics, a lot of them are saying that Colome is getting lucky this year. He's not striking out as many guys. He's relying a lot on his fielders. Um, why is rely, Why is being a ground ball pitcher? It's not necessarily luck. ground balls, too. It also has to do with barrel rate. So I, I know you're rolling your eyes I, and you're batting your eyes at me and you hate advanced statistics, but... Those... Okay. The, outs is outs. I'm sorry. But look at this, for example, right? Alex Colome, first game after the All-Star break... Pitches against the Mets, and what does he do? One one game, yeah. Top nine, gives up three runs. Yeah, right. So, but that's more of a trend of like, what the heck is wrong with the White Sox? Like, I I don't necessarily attribute that to Alex Colme being bad. I'm attributing that to like something. There is like a disease in the locker room right now. I don't like know what the heck this slump is coming from. And it comes from poor talent and poor coaching, if you ask I, me. I'm leaning more toward poor coaching and just like what were you guys doing on the All-Star break that you come back and you're th- that much worse than you were when you were prior to the break? Like what, there is a disconnect and the only thing I can think of is like you took three days off, all right? So when it comes down to it, were you all just on a – freaking booze cruise or what what happened here you know so in regards to the organization going into the future tom going going into the the future future. nice (laughs) nice pun right there (laughs) caught on to that one really quick so how many pieces need to be added or how many moves does this front office need to make in order for the Sox to be i'm not even going to say contender for a playoff spot next year i think that's a big stretch even yeah. competitive. Just competitive. Competitive. I think we need to see four or five moves. Four or five moves and significant moves. Starting lineup moves. Starting lineup in moves. In free agency. Yeah. Um, Tell me what they are. I'm talking we need a we need two bats, two veteran bats, because we're gonna lose John Jay. Why well, they're gonna re-sign Obreo. That's like that's I think that's a given. If um, the price is right. And I think it will be. But uh, that that being said, okay. It better be with how poorly his July has been. It You're going to lose John say. Jay most likely. Resigning him does not count as a big move. No. Um, I'm not counting the resigning of Abreu as a move. But you're going to need another couple veteran bats. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a bullpen arm. And you're going to need a starting pitcher. That's my four moves. Two bats. Two bats, one bullpen, and one starter. Yep. You only want one starter. Rodon's coming back, baby. After the All-Star break. It's he's not it'll healthy. Be a, he's not healthy until after the, they're saying return is post-All-Star break. Interesting. I didn't think it would be that. I thought he would come yes. back um, maybe May or... I think they said July at the earliest. Because he went down in May, right? Anyway, yeah. yeah, that's besides the point. But so, even still, Rodon's coming back. We got um, Kopech coming up. You know, we've got like we've got so reinforcements. Your rotation rotation we, next year is going to be Giolito, Kopech, Lopez, Cease, Nova. So you want Nova to be your number five next year? Or next your year four. is twenty twenty, not twenty twenty one, not twenty twenty two. You want to right? re-sign Ivan Nova? He's not up at the end of the year, is he? Yeah, his contract's up. Resign him. And minimum ten million bucks. Yeah. Who, Money that who you are you spending, spending who are you on spending a veteran bat in free agency? Veteran bat that are you gonna be able to really convince them to stay for another like a full I'm talking rentals. Like get somebody in for a year. Get a better winning culture and then strike while the iron's hot. Chafiel, 
I get it. But at the same time, you know I'm right. Ivan, no, Ivan Nova is not the answer. I I get that. We're, I'm not saying he's we're trying the to ride answer. out this. I'm, he's not the answer for for right now either. I I think what the White Sox need to start doing is they need to start putting in veteran pieces that are going to be there for a minimum, a minimum, of two years. 2020 and 2021. If Nova stays next year, that would be a minimum of two no, no, years no. for I'm a saying, veteran no, to be no, around. No, no, no. But what I'm I, saying, no, 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 my point. no, no, you're not listening. I'm saying two more years, 2020 and 2021. It's not about longevity for me. It's about the process. It's about them being there at least until 2021. That's why I liked the Zach Granke idea. Yeah, That's that would have been good. That's why I liked the idea of Noah Syndergaard. Because yeah. he was not unrestricted for another two years. Zach Greinke was under contract for another two years. Matt Boyd, three years until he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. All of these guys, John, John Gray was another one too. Um, I think what they're scared of is making another mistake. Then making a play a little Shields. bit low risk. I, oh, of giving up a big prospect. I I think that's what there's what specifically Rick Hahn is scared of. He he wants this. a big name, but he doesn't want to risk his good name again. You know. Yeah. And he's. Oh man, I don't want to use that phrase. I'm gonna use it. He's pussyfooting around. Yeah. Cause he's he's just like he's not. He's not confident in moves anymore. So Low key, that's what I'm feeling like he's doing. And we're going to run into an issue again in this offseason. But, you know, hopefully he proves me wrong and we, we run home with the best name in baseball, whoever that is going to be. Well, hopefully for starting, it would be, Jer- it would be Garrett Cole, right. right? We would want Garrett Cole. We would want Jose Abreu to come back. And we would want another bat and another bat. I want Jose Abreu to come back if it's maybe two years for $20 million or $22 million. I think Melky Cabrera is a free agent next so week. stop with that right now closing <laughs> closing out these thoughts right could now, he Tom. be a dh could melky be a dh right now he could we're shutting that down so 108 back me up melky cabrera 2020 and also <laughs> is that the phrase and also yes and yes and see i messed it up i can't do this fucking <laughs> improv bullshit <laughs> He needs to convince whether it's some big free agent, yeah. whether it's convincing the front office, even the rest, or, of the or pardon me, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> Kenny Williams, yep. and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf that the Drake. money, geriatric Jerry, <laughs> that it's time to start spending the money if he wants to see a winning ball club, if he wants to make his organization happy and make a good name for himself. It's true. It's true. I mean, Mad Bum. No. Why not? He's 30 going on 35. His arm is so ragged, so much playoff experience. Just How is that a bad thing? What are you going to sign him to? He's going to want a long-term deal. Yes, he will. So you want Madison Bumgarner Why on the White Why are you saying it like that? Because he's not, he's not an elite pitcher anymore, Tom. He, how many wins does he have right now? Win, I cannot believe you just said wins. He actually has a losing record if you want to look at wins and losses, but that means nothing to me, obviously. No, the man's he's not. had quality starts the last six times he's been out. So with that being said, if they're going to spend that kind of money, it needs to go to Garrett Cole. I mean, yes, that's bar none. That needs to be the deal that's made. And I would rather be made? I would rather them spend I money. I'd rather them spend money if he decides to walk. I'd rather them spend money on Zach Wheeler than Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. There we go. Except Madison Bumgarner would look great in a White Sox uniform. Oh, as I'm looking at the picture of Willie Mays over your shoulder right now. <laughs> so I've got. Am a giant I talking to bias. Tommy or am I talking to Kiji? I'm talk. You're talking to Tommy. I just. The dude was so good in 2015. That was not that long ago. There were players that were very good in 2015 that are not good now. He was. He's not even 30 yet. He's not even 30 yet. He's 30. He. Oh yeah. He literally just turned 30 like three days ago. Okay. Yep. He just turned 30. Ryan Gowens is only 31. Okay. So. <laughs> oh my God. I would I would be okay with 
Madison Bumgarner on the south side. Low key. You're alone in that boat. That's you not can true. Continue. Guaranteed there. If you're telling me if Madison Bumgarner got signed, you would be upset about you're it? You're telling me that you would pay Madison Bumgarner the same I'm money not as saying, Zach Wheeler. I'm not saying any, like... Zach no, Wheeler and Madison Bumgarner are going to be put, the same price. Put all the other options out of your mind. Madison Bumgarner is pitching for the White Sox and is doing the same thing that he's doing this year, just quality starts, right? Not lights out. But quality starts. If Lo- you're mad about that, if Lopez reaches his peak, if Giolito continues to pitch as well as he did in May and June, if Michael Kopech comes back as strong as he started off with the yes. White Sox, and if Dylan Cease turns into the stud that he is supposed to, Madison Bumgarner is a four or a five. That's a okay by me. And then he comes out in that's the postseason. That's an expensive he, five. He comes out in the postseason that and money kicks can butt. Be spent. That's fine. Okay, hold on. You're telling me Zach Wheeler gets bought out by the Dodgers. Um, Garrett Cole gets bought out by the Yankees. Uh, John Gray or whatever gets bought out by the Astros, right? You have no options. You're not going to want Madison Bumgarner. That's what you're telling me? I don't want if there's that much money on the table and the White Sox are willing to spend it, it needs to go to other pieces. Pieces that are going to play every Bruh. single day. They're going to play every single day. Bruh. I'm tired of seeing Ryan Cordell and Adam Now Engel. you're just changing the subject no, so I'm you not. don't have to agree I'm with me. I'm not changing the subject. I'm disagreeing with you because You said the money needs to go to Garrett Cole who doesn't play every day. He plays every 5 days. You're right. And then if I it's said, going if to that's a starting pitcher then if that's not an option, you patch up the other places. You need either an elite starter, an elite starter. Madison Bumgarner is no longer elite. Madison Bumgarner is no. Madison Bumgarner is no longer elite. Tyler Clipper. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> he he is though. He just like he just is. Look at the statistics, and you will be sorely disappointed. He had a tough first part of the season. He came off of an injury. And now he has recovered from said injury and uh, is injuries, performing 30. like he Madison would. Bumgarner has Clayton Kershaw written all over him. Clayton Kershaw is an elite pitcher. Not anymore. He's not even the third best pitcher on his team. He is the third best pitcher on his team. He's also playing for the second best team in baseball. Three years running. They have a fantastic rotation. That they have a fantastic rotation. All of their That's pitchers what Madison are Bumgarner elites. will become. That's what Madison Bumgarner would be on a White Sox team if they reach their potential. If they, that's exactly that's fine. Our potential is we have elite starters across the rotation. So if we have a former elite starter that's a really good veteran showing everybody how to go about the business, Nick Castellanos. That money should be spent on Nick Castellanos when the Cubs decide that they are not going to resign him. Well, I, I actually, would, when he goes into unrestricted like, free agency. I would like Nick Castellanos in a White Sox uniform. Okay, choose, pick your poison, Nick Castellanos. Or not poison. Pick your choice right here. Madison Baumgartner and Nick Castellanos. Pablo Sandoval. Announcing in place of Steve Stone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I really like Nick Castellanos. I would really like him in a, in a White Sox uniform, so I'd have to side there. But I, what I was really trying to get you to say, though, is let's say the White Sox don't reach for the star. Don't land the big fish. You need to be okay with them getting the next best thing and making do with it. You know? I would be like, okay there with are, it if they got a good deal. There are I don't want them to talent. sign Madison Bumgarner to a five-year deal. You're the one who's saying they need to open up the checkbooks, right? Correct. They, if they open up the checkbooks, realistically, they could do that and then sign another big guy. And then sign another big guy. Correct. There is money everywhere I just don't in the think MLB. They will. I There's just don't m- think they will. I don't think they're going to open the checkbook You that think wide. that if they sign one long-term contract and they know this is their contention window, the first contention window that they've had in over a decade, that they're not going to want to sign White more Sox than one? I think the are lucky, lucky if the payroll... It extends over 110 million next year. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think that. I think lucky. we're lucky. 
if it extends that far. I would be surprised if it doesn't reach 150. Do you understand what the White Sox are spending right now? Like $17 million. A little bit more than that. But you're understanding that this is the point at which we have to start spending money. I think Rick Hahn has done a good enough job to convince the rest of the front office that that's the truth. This, like, they didn't spend last year. They were willing to spend $225 million. They didn't get a chance to, but they were willing to. Willing, kind of. They literally they got beat out. offered they got, they got. the contract for over... Yes, they got beat out. Yes, they did, because somebody offered badly. $300 million. They got hoaxed. They got... Not hoaxed. They, they just got tricked. Or they got completely beat out. Now you're saying... They're idiots. They literally offered somebody over, uh, like, they offered $30 million a year. Over, yes, they did, with, with and you're saying bonuses. That you don't think they that they're going to get They offered Manny Machado $50 million in bonuses. Like, what kind... Or $100 million in bonuses. That's some garbage. Guaranteed money. Bonuses mean shit. You, I mean, we've talked about this before. Yes, we have. But this the is payroll is at ninety-one million right now. And you're saying they're only going to spend another twenty million collectively on everything that we think they need to sign? A hundred percent. If the payroll, the payroll should 100, will one hundred twenty. I will be over one hundred fifty, and we'll be doing better next year. One hundred twenty. Calling it right now. Jose Abreu make less. Ivan Novo get replaced by probably another starter that they want to sign for $10 million. Kawame uh, stays. Wellington's off the books. Um, Yolmer should be off the books. Yolmer is the fifth highest paid player on the White Sox. I'm done. It's paying for all the Gatorade he dumps. Because he's... So much fun. <laughs> okay. We went off on we the did. biggest tangent. Holy shit. I'm going to have to really. Wow. But we agree. We need to spend big money on big names. I just was trying to convince you that let's say we don't land the biggest name. That's not the absolute end of the world. Okay. We don't have to jump off of a cliff as soon as Garrett Cole signs with another team. There are other high-quality pitchers out there. That but they do White look Sox like idiots sign. then for not splashing in the trade market for a quality look, starter, right? We're not. When it comes down to it, we're not the Yankees. The Yankees didn't spend this year. They're going to spend this upcoming year. But let me give you an example, right? Which means they're going to get the top end. Of, we should just aim for second place because... Look, look at Stroman. Stro- what uh, Toronto got back for Stroman was really not that much. No, yeah. The Mets did not have to give up that much for Stroman. Okay? Think about that. Think about what the White Sox... And Marcus Stroman always talks about how much he loves Chicago. And him are and T.A. Are you trying to say you buddy want buddy. Stroman then? I, I would have loved Marcus Stroman. Yeah, that Marcus Stroman great. is a way why better pitcher about than him, though, when I Why are we talking about that instead of what I just said? In regards to? Garrett Cole is going to the Yankees. What I'm saying is Who they should have okay they splashed they should have splashed in the trade market. Yeah. They, I, I, they could have done that and sold at the same time. They could have towed the line in terms of like, let's get a piece that we can hold on to for a long time. Let's ship off somebody that we're not going to be able to use. That's what they should have done. Yeah, I mean, they could have bought and sold at the same time. Giants did it. Yeah, okay. We're not talking about the Giants, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm merely bringing it up because I'm saying that's, that is possible. And if we see them not buying... First of all, I'm excited about the new deadline. I think that's cool that they're doing it this way, where it's just one solid deadline, no other things. It made it much more exciting to watch. Yeah, for sure. And next year, if... July 31st comes and passes, and we haven't made even more big splashes. That's when I'm really going to be mad about it. I'm not, I'm not as mad right now that they stood pat. I'm mad that we suck so much. I'm, you know what I'm mad about? I'm mad that we suck so much and our front office does nothing about it. So... I know the original question that I was asking was how many moves or pieces 
does the organization need to con- need to contend? And you said four to five. You said four, two starters. No, one a reliever. Bat, two yeah. bats. Two a bats, s- a starter and a reliever. Pardon yep. me. So, two bats. If you're to fill in those positions right now, two everyday starters positions, what are they for you? For me, I want to see second base. I don't think Magical's going to be ready. Okay. And I want to see, uh, I mean, right field, obviously. Okay. Bring what back Avi Garcia. <laughs> what about <laughs> DH? <laughs> Shiitake mushrooms. Seriously. And it no, was so you're right. funny. You're right. It was so funny. You're absolutely right. Somebody, uh, somebody posted on Twitter yesterday. Uh, they were like, oh, yeah, this lineup actually looks pretty good. And I was like, yeah, the lineup looks good when you have one less position to fill in regards to bats for the yeah. White Sox. Yeah. That's true. And I mean, I'm a big apologetic, like, wait, I, wait, I'm super in favor of the DH, right? Yeah, absolutely. But when you don't utilize it by White Sox do not. Yes. You know, that's when we could have had Nelson Cruz, man, you know, (laughs) nobody guessed that. Nobody guessed that though. So like you have to give it to the, well, um, He's 39 years old, and Still. he's just the best. I don't understand. All that being said, yeah, DH, right. I think, and this is where Nick and Castellanos then when we have and we have uh, Robert coming up for thir- right field, exactly. that's going to be okay. Well, actually. center field. Yeah. So here's your outfield. And then next you move. Year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. left. Yep. Robert in center. Leary in right. Yes, please. And Nick Castellanos is DH. I mean, that that's where I would go. That's where I would throw the money. Because would here's the thing, Castellanos, Castellanos is terrible. Likes fielding. No, he's terrible in the field, and he knows it. He's got to know it. He's one of the worst defensive right fielders in all of Major League Baseball. Hmm. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think Detroit has started to play him a little bit at DH this year, every now and again, because he's just so poor out in the field. So your defense still is pretty solid, especially when you anchor it with Robert in center. Yep. Eloy's getting better over time. I think eventually he should become a DH. He just runs slow. But if and you can, I don't know. If you can pad the lineup a little bit with Castellanos at DH, I think that should be honestly, or somebody at DH. You, what I would want to see is left field become the switch switching point for Castellanos and Eloy. Well, Castellanos time. is definitely not playing left. Why not? Range is awful. He's never played it before. Fine. Field outfield is outfield, bro. That's fine. Like <laughs> Okay, Joe Madden. I that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> it's all grass to me. Okay, so you this I'm gonna finish my sentence now. I wanna see Eloy and Nick Castellanos trade time in left field and DH. So they'd be like everyday starters, but you know, when somebody needs an off day, throw them at the DH spot. And let's be real. Eloy is probably just as bad slash just as good at left field as Nick Castellanos would be. Ooh, uh-oh. Left is harder to play than the right. If the ball is over the shortstop's head, you get it and you throw it back to the shortstop. That is not hard. It's different, Tom. You literally, if the ball is over the shortstop's head, you get it I and know, throw it into the shortstop. I know you think that this is the same, but at a major league level, it's a lot different. I am going to so, say it one more time. If anyway, the ball is over no, the shortstop's oh head, God, you have to get it and throw ridiculous. it. It's literally the easiest thing in the world. Okay. If you think playing outfield is the easiest thing in the world. I should get out there. Yeah, you should. On. Exactly. I'm just saying if like, no. you put Nick Castellanos out there, how many runs does that cost you? Uh, it, defensively, it could. Quite a few. To be honest with you, the, over the, the defense, course of the year, in the defense five. in the corners, if he is trading time every corners, single day with Eloy and him, he's going to score more than enough runs to make up for that run different. That's a that's a, a take. That is I'll a take. I'll give you that. So you don't think Madrigal's going to be ready in second? I don't think Madrigal's going to be ready in second. I like he just he just got to Triple A, just got to Triple A, and we've got a month left of baseball. Once in a while, we like to do a segment that we call the Minoso Minute. The Minoso Minute, yes. It's a long-standing segment that we've had since the beginning of this podcast. We haven't done it in a few episodes, Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. But with that being said, uh, the Minoso Minute is when Tom or I or both of us, which will be yep. both of us this time, mm-hmm. take a minute to talk about something outside of the lines of baseball. Right, Tom? Reason being, we had Minnie Minoso play for the White Sox 
and we're really proud of that being that he broke the color barrier for the Cuban born players. And that means that we have a different looking baseball today outside the lines of baseball. He made a big impact and therefore we're talking outside the lines of baseball with Armenoso minute. Perfectly explained. So, so this July marks the 100 year anniversary of the 1919 Chicago race riots. These race riots were mostly centered between um, the Chicago neighborhoods of Bridgeport and Bronzeville. Um, Bridgeport being predominantly the white neighborhood, Bronzeville being predominantly the black neighborhood. Now, um, what's really cool is that today we look at the White Sox centered out of Bridgeport, um, right on the line between Bridgeport and Bronzeville, that line being the Dan Ryan. We look at that team there is a black activist in Tim Anderson who is a community leader with uh, his League of Leaders uh, nonprofit and just a guy who's outspoken about caring about the black community in Chicago. That would not have been possible during 1919. That would not have been possible during 1990. The fact that we have someone who is on the South Side playing in a White Sox uniform, um, and being celebrated for who he is, that's an accomplishment that I think we can hang our hats on Chicago, um, and I want to celebrate that today. And on the topic of African-American players who are outspoken and um, make a major difference, uh, I do want to stretch outside of the lines of the White Sox and talk about uh, former Blue Jays and now New York Mets pitcher uh, Marcus Stroman. Uh, there was a Blue Jays official making a statement regarding Stroman needing to kind of leave Toronto and then learning how to fit in uh, with the New York Mets. Um, and Keith Law made a tweet responding uh, saying that he will fit in. Uh, that fit in comment was racist, saying that he will fit in like a black player is supposed to, quote unquote. Um, there are underlying racist tones behind that statement that that Blue Jays official made. And I 100% agree with that. The way in which Keith Law uh, was treating people on Twitter and kind of taking a holier than thou approach to those that were respectfully disagreeing with him was inappropriate. For those in the white community that do not understand sometimes the, the words that they are speaking, please keep in mind that there are underlying tones and really just racist attitudes that become a part of the norm that we don't recognize. And with that being said, those who do recognize it, don't bastardize those in your own community who try to respectfully disagree with you. Instead, have discourse. Have respectful discourse in a way that is enlightening and educational. So... Sniffle, sniffle. Tom, uh, it is currently Saturday afternoon. Uh, we are looking right now in about five hours. The White Sox will be playing. It'll be Ross Detweiler on the mound against Aaron Nola. And then on Sunday, once people start to listen to this, hopefully either before or right after, we've got a noon start. Reynaldo Lopez against Drew Smiley. What are our predictions for the next couple of days? Detweiler will be out of the game in three innings. <laughs> Lopez will go seven strong, and we will still lose. I'm I'm thinking this is it's going to be a run fest today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like fourteen four, Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking more like our bullpen taxed. Detweiler's garbage. They're going to stretch Detweiler. I mean, six for the I'm, Phillies. I'm saying it's going to be s- six two four. Fills, um, and that'll be lucky. And then I'd be like eight four. And then realistically, <clears throat> um, this is the hot take for you, mm-hmm. Ronaldo. Seven strong innings. The White Sox. Take it all. The White Sox don't lose though. They they win. This is the this is the juice in their veins that they needed. Yeah. I don't think that's a saying though, but. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about this baseball is, juice in here. <laughs> this is the little steroid. This is the little they Wellington Castillo <laughs> PED kick in the ass they needed. This is what they're gonna need exactly. So they're gonna just take that PED, inject it right in their veins. They're gonna be back on track. Come um, the fifth, 
when they go over to Comerica and kick some Detroit Tiger ass, Indeed. which is what we all so need. So two out of three from Philly? Two out of three from Philly. Which I think, is, I think which that's actually realistic. I think Reynaldo's going to give us a good outing on Sunday. Um, I have no faith in Detweiler, and I have no faith in Hey, maybe they'll use Detweiler Nola, so. as an opener and say, just give us two innings, and then they just... They just. What if they did that? How cool would that After be? After taxing their bullpen last night, I don't think so. You're right, but so. we'll see. You know, fingers crossed they do this. Fingers crossed. Two out of I'm, I'm two out of three. I think is two realistic. out of three is realistic, and it's a good thing. That's a good thing to take two out of three from. It's the a fields. winning series. Be the first winning series since Tampa Bay. Oof, oof indeed. Final thoughts, Tom. Rebuild or bust. Hey, and Han, we trust. Have a good one, everybody.